It's time for ignition and straight up automobile pimping. Dude, where's my car? And you're back on the 6am project. Uh, <laughs> that was the latest from Big Sean. <laughs> hey guys, how you going? I'm Tom. I've got across from me, Tony, and I also have our guest today, Benny. Guys, how you going? I'll let you go first. Man, I am great, but I'm lovely to see you here. Are you sure you're great? Because when you when I when you called me earlier, you're like, "Where are you?" You're like, "Oh, don't worry, I'm just going to go for a quick hours nap before we have to do anything." Well, ever. you know, I had to be ready for today's show. We had Benny on the podcast today, so, so I'm like, I get here, I'm like, he's like, "That's what happened." <laughs> <laughs> so when Benny flies through the Angus. driveway. Thanks, Angus. Yeah, six thirty-seven. I get here at six thirty with a carton of beer. And Tony's still asleep, and no one else around. I'm like, <laughs> I have been absolute. It's massive stitcher. Massive. Stitcher. Speak into the sorry, microphone. Sorry, massive stitcher. Thanks, what, Angus. Do me a favor. Pull it. Pull it closer to you. It's fine if it's a little bit in front of your face. Okay. And then. <laughs> and it pulls away. That's better. All right. Look, works for me. It yeah. Works okay. For you. Cool. Everyone can hear me. Can you <laughs> <me> hear me? <laughs> I will never change. Never ever. Well, everyone, welcome to the dude. Where's my car? Podcast. Do you like the name? I do. It just reminds me of like, I actually, I went and saw that movie like twice at the movies because it was, I'm a car guy. I just thought it was funny, even though they were a pair of douches. It was, it was kind of funny. And we still use some of the lines from the movie. <laughs> yeah. just, you, just, could you hit me with one, right? Uh, wait a minute. Uh, uh, what does mine say? Dude, what does mine say? Sweet. <laughs> or does you touch Christy Warner's hoo-hoos? Shibby. <laughs> So to this day, I say shibby all the time and no one ever fucking understands what I'm saying. And I'm like, oh, one day I'm going to say it and someone's going to know exactly what I've just referenced. You need to get rid of those people in your life. You don't need that kind of negativity. Oh, That's no. like everyone in this room. I was just oh. about to say, what is shibby? <laughs> what? Get oh. out. I know we're in your shop, but get out. My brother oh. asked me when I told him or like I was naming this show and he goes, uh, did you ask Ashton Kutcher and Sean William Scott for the rights to this? And I was like... It's a movie. It's fine. This is a podcast. It's completely different. <laughs> Don't need to be knocking on Ashton's door. Ashton's busy. Uh, can I borrow your name? Um, but for everyone listening in, who are you, Benny? What do you do? I have I have several aliases. No, um, how do you wake up? I wake up fresh every morning. No, um, I basically I'm a I'm I'm known as the tire guy. So I have a tire and wheel business. I also am a partner in a an import business as well. So can see all the naming on my jacket and my hat and everything. I don't have my jacket on my shirt. Um, so I uh, have been known as the tire guy most of my life. My dad owned a tire shop when I was a kid, so that's how I used to earn my pocket money, spend my school holidays fitting tires and learning about stuff, playing with cars, going to motorsport, stuff that made me interested. So I made a career out of it. I go all right. So um, I'm kind of good at what we do, so people know me to be the guy. So works for you guys. Thanks. Thanks in advance. Yes. Um, but no, I mean, just, I just, I, I like being good to people and supporting the people that support me. And I, I kind of miss the way that the car culture system was when I was a kid. So I'm like pushing 40 now. So when I was like between 16 and like 25, the laws were different here. There was less allowance problems with cars you could drive. And yes, people who were, you know, responsible got hurt and died and et cetera. But I mean, it ruined a lot of the fun 
because the police got so much more concentrated on modified cars. Sorry, I put my phone onto silence. I thought Dan just hit a button. I know. So you can tell I like the cars. Um, <laughs> but um, the, the thing that, that really got to me is the, the car culture that I grew up with sort of, it dissipated like I was alive and like I was involved in the sex spec era when like Ooh. that's now making a resurgence. But I saw all that stuff when it was new and it was, I used to go to every auto salon, like I had every episode, uh, every edition of Hot Fours and uh, every edition of Fast Fours and Rotaries for like seven years. I had every single one in a, in a shoebox under my bed. It was my thing you used to, before the internet, you used to buy magazines and, you know, yep. you'd have all the posters on your wall and everything of all the... Carmen know. Electra. I remember going to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we used to go to the toilet and that old man's stash was just next to the toilet seat. I was like, whoo, la, la, <laughs> what, what, this one? <laughs> this um, one, and then, like, every couple pages down, you get the big poster. Yeah. Oh, dude, you like, the, just, like, you pull them out and, like, there was several different ones you could have throughout the magazine, which was cool because they made it for enthusiasts, which is... It's how I sort of try and gauge what I do. Yep. I try and, like, I support the guys that I know, that I grew up with, mates of mine. Obviously, as we got older, we've got better cars, more money, and things that we could do and that sort of stuff. So it, the, the toys mm-hmm. are still there, but they're just different types. Um, but having the, you know, the blessing of being exposed to a lot of stuff when it comes to, like, the technical side of what's involved in making a wheel and a tire and going on factory tours and working in wholesale and uh, having exposure to design and engineering and that sort of stuff. It makes a difference to the way that you view stuff. So I, I, I take it pretty seriously. Like it's not just my job, it's my life. Yep. So I, I, I focus a lot of energy into it um, and whatever else I don't focus my energy on my business. I focus on my family. So um, that's, that's the crux of everything that I do is obviously try and make the life better for my family. And then I try and make everything fair and reasonable for everyone who wants to either be balling on a budget or just know what they want. And they're happy to have the right kind of solution given to them. So contact patch solutions is the name of my business. for Tyrone Full Bill. plug. Oh, shameless. <laughs> Absolutely shameless. <laughs> no, but it's, that's, that, that's a name that actually one of me and my boys came up with when we were eating dinner one night. And, um, so it's it's sort of stuck and we've gone with it. So, um, but it's it's been good because I've I've we uh we've had some stuff with Time Attack which you boys saw. So um, the import company. Um, the R thirty one was. R thirty one is just mint. So yeah, um, it got a lot of attention and even even DK so Suchia saw the car. He knows the car because. So I'll make this long story as short as I can. Elevator so, pitch me, go. Um, okay. <coughs> One minute, 60 so, seconds. Go. 60 go, seconds. go, 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 But we, um, so me and my business partners um, have relationships in Japan with certain people, uh, one of whom is Max Arito, who is uh, still a current development driver for Yokohama. Um, he has a huge uh, allegiance to Yokohama over in Japan. I do here. Um so I saw the car for sale. Ian Baker put it up actually in uh, in a blog or like just a Facebook post that it was for sale. I'm like, and I read it and then my Japanese wasn't so great. So I translated it into English. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that says for sale. And it was. I'm like, so I messaged my business partner. I'm like, ah, is this still for sale? And then he messaged Max and Max is like, yeah, why? I said, well, we need that car. So I don't care how, but 
we're going to buy that car secondly if it's sold and we just figure it out afterwards. So, cool story. Um, Jake, my business partner in Japan, he's going to see Max. They had a catch-up, blah, blah, blah. Had a look over the car, um, showed him through it, took photos, sent them to me. I'm like, cool, let's just do it. And then he said to Max, oh, can you take me for a drive? And then Max said, no, 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 you drive it. I'm afraid of it. Like, it's mental. Like, it's just... You know what really kills me is that we saw you that morning on what was it the Saturday at World Time Attack and that we like we saw you first like I came straight up to you after I set up my tent and you were like come over I'll tell you when I'm starting the car and we're like yeah yeah, yeah 100% like we'll be there 100% <laughs> at no stage did you <laughs> did you contact us nor were we around it onus is also on us but we weren't around for you to start the car and you're like I started it like three times <laughs> Dude, to- like but like seriously <laughs> the amount of the amount of people that was huge. like I've been to every time I take except for three and I've worked at five of them that was the busiest that was the busiest Friday and overall time attack that I've ever seen it was, it was nuts it was though. nuts and like the second I wasn't with the car I was on our stand and it was just there was people everywhere asking questions and I had the all the advan wheels and tires and everything out the front as well I uh, had Ray's Evo out the front with a brand new set of advan wheels on it new set of slicks so it was good um, Steve's, my other business partner, Steve's S2K was inside. We had our gear in it. We had all of our seats on display and everything. So it was really good, like a really good exposure thing for us. Um, but there was a lot of, there was just a lot of people and it's a really good crowd because it's made up of enthusiasts. People don't pay, it was like 130, 30, 100, yeah. 130 bucks for a two day pass. People don't go that far and pay that money to just be there. Everyone's got a vested interest, which is why I like Time Attack because it's become it's become like the modern it's like auto selling with better bits. Because it's got you've got the show and shine and then you've got the competition, you've got all the Japanese technology, the Japanese teams and everyone's kind of there and it's it's like a it's like a JDM boys wet dream at once. Mm. And it it's cool because like we work we've got businesses that we work in there and it's just it's flat out the whole time. And yes, you're tired, but I loved every moment of it. I, I don't. I would not have changed any of it at all. Yeah. But you know, the advantage that you guys have got is the car can come to you. Not everyone has that advantage. So <laughs> you'll get to once we get everything sorted, we'll we'll go for a squirt. So, um, but it'll be at Hot Import Nights. We've already organised that. So, um, I'm but, excited for that day. Oh, me too. it's going to be big. Well, I've I've heard from various sources that it's going to be big, so I'm hoping that it will be. I'm not just for the sake that it's advertising. I'm just I just like to get out and about and see cool shit. Like it's nice to see what people are still prepared to do to their cars. It'll be a completely different time attack. Like yeah. this one's a full like show and shine style yeah. time attack. Is that professional motorsport? Yeah, it's be cool. But there's still people like throwing a lot of money at cars to to get what they want, and it's and it's I mean it's it's. Some of it's cheaper to do now and some of it didn't exist when I was a kid. So, like, it's just seeing how it's all evolved and the things you can do now that weren't around in the 90s and the early 2000s when I was in my teens. Like, the the, the world is very, very different from an automotive perspective now, but just the money that it's that it generates for the aftermarket, which helps the three of us, which is fine. But <laughs> But, you know what I mean? Like, just stuff that didn't, it wasn't, Hadn't even been invented yet. So but, okay, that's a good point because I reckon you got some gold stories from back in the day. Oh, dude. Uh, but I, <laughs> some, I, of it, I, some of it's messy and it's probably not PG enough. <laughs> but um, We're allowed 
Four swear words. Four swear words. <laughs> oh, let's, let's get them all at once. Fuck uh, shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, there's two. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> all right. Um, no, what I mean is it's like not just the the growing up and, and seeing all the different cars and the cars that you had and all that type of stuff. Would you say um, the accessibility of getting whatever you want is there today for cars, but the money is a huge factor now? Um, it's The internet did a lot of things for the automotive industry, many of which are negative, but some of which are positive. So in terms of exposure to what you can get, so the whole, the big thing that drew everyone in to the Fast and Furious franchises was overnight parts from Japan because that was, oh my God, that's groundbreaking. Like that would never happen. Now you can do that. And at not a great expense. Like we don't have to have like six, like Civics running screen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's, it's like- it, Motec it's, exhaust. It's in Motec exhaust with, you know, the floor falls out because the manifold's getting too hard. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, but things that like that stuff made all of us like- uh, when I was a kid, like, like, wow, like it was like the, the, that. Actually, people can do that, and like as the advent of the internet sort of came to be, it gave more accessibility to buying things that you want from all over the world, and the cost has become relatively cheap versus what it was like back when I was like we're talking like twenty thirty nine, so um, like twenty. Four twenty five years ago, like that was unheard of. So that was why the Fast and Furious franchises really got Pop. car guys because it was like, oh my god, that can be done. And in the reality of it, is you look into it, you're like, oh no, I can't. So, <laughs> but like now, it's it's like you can order you can order things to be made for you, like because not everybody, but a lot of manufacturers now have their own CNC machines, and they will make you literally whatever you ask for. They can design and draw and model everything for you, send you 3Ds, you tick them off, you approve them, they send you the parts. You can have something custom made with your name. Like when I was working for the wheel companies, like you could get a billet wheel made and you could have your name written in the dish if you wanted. Like it's just like stuff that was like stuff that is when I was in the 90s, it was like that's that's like movie star stuff. But you can do that if you've got the money. But I mean, it's not it's not terribly expensive to do in retrospect, to see, like, what it was like before. Because, like, example, wheel and tire. Back in the day, like, it was, like, for a set of 15-inch Sparco wheels, it was eight grand. <laughs> Real, like, eight grand Aussie. And eight grand Aussie oh, in 1997. was big. Can you do the inflation calculation for me dude, right like now? Like, eight grand Aussie would be, that would be, like, $23,000 in Australian money today. In, 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 in like, like, just standard inflation rates. That's like $23,000 for four 15-inch wheels. And people were paying it. Yeah. You were paying it. No, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll pay that. No, I'll, it's a way like just – but that's the, that's the way. Like Simmons wheels, like actual original Simmons three-piece wheels were just astronomical, but people paid it. So, I mean, there's always going to be a market for people modifying their cars and toying with them and – the only thing that's become more difficult now, and you guys would know that as well, is the newer cars that are a lot more electronic and they require a lot more. So it's not just as simple as having mechanical issues anymore. Mm-hmm. There's a computer that does everything. Mate, there's an engine fault light comes on because you sat in your seat wrong. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I farted it. too hard. <laughs> I checked the engine's still there. It's okay. Um, you know, but like it's it, it just, it, it's become, they're trying to make it so you can't, let me just pardon me for a second. Um, so you can't really 
modify anything without causing issues with the car. So as an example, like the new BMW all-wheel drive systems. If you change the tyre sizes, they need to be, if they increase by a percentage, the front and rear percentage has to be millimetre correct. Otherwise, beep, beep, beep. All, no, all-wheel drive, bang, no, no warranty, like all kinds of like just, they are trying tech. to make it hard. Yeah. But I mean, stuff can still be done, but I mean, it's just, they're, they're, there's so many things that are fallible now and it's not just a simple fix where like we used to do or even some of the cars that we've still got, it's doable with enough know-how and some good parts. But now it's like you need, a, you need seven diagnostic computers to even find out what the problem is. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, what's that? And like the code doesn't exist in this module, so you have to go to that one. But then the code's reflected that way to that way. It's like, oh. I don't even want to pretend, pretend for a minute that I know how to fix any of that stuff. So I just don't, I don't mess with it. It's just like new car. Yeah, we'll just accept just, it. They're just, just new cars. Yeah. <laughs> no, no problem. That's why I'm not buying them. Buy <laughs> yeah, yep. the, but the, again, and like, but not by not buying new ones, it's created. It's like the the Australian property market and the Australian used car market are very similar to each other because it's created this this sort of vortex where people ask stupid money for these cars. And other idiots with too much money Do it. pay it, yeah. yep. and then it creates a new benchmark for that car's price. Yeah, and like example, S thirteen, S thirteen's a whip. Like it's eight grand for a rusted empty shell. Doesn't even roll. It's like rolling shell doesn't roll. Like so, that's not a rolling shell. <laughs> that's a tow truck job. But dude, like you could when I was at school, you could buy them for like five grand running. Like <sighs> and those like, days when were we? Dude, like day. just. Like, but and they're not they're not worth any more now. It's just scarcity, and a falsified market is making things unaffordable for people who actually want to enjoy the cars. And it just I've I've got mates that have got them that it, like I've got a, one of my mates that does drifting, who I sponsor. I, I'm a tire sponsor for him, and he's got one. He's like I wanted to buy another one to do on the road, but I just can't justify what I need to get one that's going to be roadworthy. I don't want to spend 20 grand for something that I'm going to have to put another 10 grand into to have it where I want it. Oh, God. It's my problem right now. <laughs> I wouldn't have bought an MX-5. Uh, like, you know, like it's, it's – I, I just – I don't – it feels like some of the Australian automotive market slash system slash modifications has sort of lost its way a little bit because it's – and I, that's – and Tom and I have had several conversations about this. I think that – what we are trying to do in terms of car culture is bring everyone together because there's a lot of the competitive nature that I think has destroyed a lot of what I grew up with because it was a lot more like not everyone has to agree with what you do to your car. But now because there's social media and it, it just becomes a slippery slope <clears> when people start paying out on each other. It's like if it's not your taste, just scroll on in or just walk away. Like it doesn't have to become like a, a contest. And I don't like the way that that happens because it's at the end of the day you're not doing anything to help the the culture of the industry or the the groups because then people just they get over it and they don't want to do it anymore. And for a lot of people, having their car as a form of their expression is their escape from what might be happening in their life that you don't know about. And that's a huge thing because I've always turned to my cars when I'm having a shit day or a shit week or. I don't feel like talking to anyone. I can just go and sit in my car or go for a drive and just sit somewhere, play some music or, you know, 
whatever, or like buy some new parts, and then you, the the, re, the reward from that is the upgrade that it gives you, or you know, make the car look different, or make it go different, or whatever. But like that, I thought the reward that you were just about to say is like you buy some new parts or whatever, then you're up until five o'clock in the morning with bloody hands, and oh, you're just like, ah, I love this. That's why that's <laughs> why my hands are all different colors. So like the amount of like I've got exhaust burns, and like there's one there, and like a manifold clip that flew off. Actually took a hunk out of my arm, so yeah, like I just like yeah, but but that's the and I, and again, like like I've said repeatedly to you, Tony, and you, Tom, is things where now it's about who can spend more money to buy more stuff and end up with a better car. They've not touched any of it themselves. Mm. They, they had no part in it. And look, I, I some people just don't have the skill. But like that was. Being part of the build process or at least some part of the modification or at least learning some stuff from what was going into your car was part of the whole thing. Oh, it was the best bit. Up. And like like I said, like I've got there's hunks missing out of my fingers and hands and arms and stuff from the stuff. This, yeah, again, like I made mistakes, but I learned from them. That's how I learned what I know about wheels, tires, cars was by making mistakes and doing things like, you know, like the middle of my arms screwed together from making a mistake. So, like... <laughs> what mistake was that? Uh, I was fitting a race tyre on my inverted my elbow. So my elbow went that way through and snapped my bicep into my chest. That was fun. So, yeah, now I've got a... I've got a... I've got four and a half centimetre strap and two titanium screws I thought you just had a huge forearm. <laughs> no, no, From he all does. the tyre lifting. He no, does. That's, that's that one. <laughs> um, no, but, like, that's... But, again, like, if you're not paying attention, even with the right machinery, things bite. So, again, I learned that the hard way. So, but... It's having a part, and this is without sounding too outwardly offensive, that's my opinion. I'm not saying that people are shit because they don't get involved in it. Some people don't have the skill. But that was when I grew up. That was how me and my mates at least got joy out of what we were doing to our cars is because we had a part in it. And if someone didn't know what they were doing, whoever knew what they were doing in the group or we would – find out like or get the instruction manual because those things existed and you'd write, lay out the papers and then we'd buy all the parts and buy all the tools like i we used to go to super cheap all the time like so super cheap that was a new business when i was a kid like it came out like when i was like sort of in the middle of school and one spanner one wrench dude, one <laughs> so, but like we all like there's some stuff that i've still got from back then that's just i open my toolbox and i look at them like and i remember the times that we had with those tools because we bought we bought that to do that with and to do that and to do that and like the amount of nights that me and like me and the boys have been like on driveways, just like screaming and cussing out a car because <laughs> like what's a thirty minute install turns into five hours and we're all just sitting there drinking Red Bull like fuck this. Like, when is it not like that? But, <laughs> but, you know the I mean? car's like, never going back on the road. <laughs> the driveway, John. It's all right. Fuck it. Set on fire. Um, but you know, like that's that was as much as it was at the time was frustrating. To look back now, those memories are hilarious. Like, we still talk about them now, like, 20 years later. It's like, remember that night we did... And, like, we talk about it like... My bro's christening for his daughter a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about some of the nights that we had just doing stupid shit. And, like, but like we drank... So, like, when they used to have monster cans that were only 250 mil, but instead of being um, carbonated, they were nitrogenated. So it was nitrogen instead of carbonated water. Bro... <laughs> There was a what? <laughs> the can was this big, and the warning was one can per day. 
and we used to smash them and just be up all night. Like we'd like we had my mates, one of my mates' cars just in pieces on Mum's driveway. It just uh, then we're all just sitting around like <laughs> at three o'clock. <laughs> like, fuck. Like, but like it's but that's hilarious in like in like hindsight. Like just some of the best times that we ever had were just doing things like that. But then you get good at stuff like that because you learn how to have a little bit more finesse when you're pulling trims off and doing mm-hmm. stuff like many many a door trim has been broken <laughs> uh, and like the little the, clips the, the little clip. <laughs> oh. i gotta say my favorite thing is just to spring load it on people and tony knows that i love spring loading shit on him because the amount of stuff that we even did to that ute that's sitting outside right there i'll just be like i bought some new seats should we install them do you know how to do that no well let's just learn together what what becomes like oh, it should be like four bolts right like and probably just a few wires we can just unclip <laughs> it's like one o'clock oh. we're in the workshop on the floor just like just what be- do we find underneath those leather seats oh apparently so fun little fact yeah. i don't i don't know what it is even though i started with fun fact Fun fact without the facts. So it's just fun. I'm not sure if it's facts. Fun fun fact. But um when we pulled the 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 stripping off the foam in the seat, Mm. we're like, that looks like electric heating. Like that's the same stuff that you get in like electric heated seats. But there's obviously no button to electric heated seats in the Holden. But we're like, why? Is all this electric seat? You know how it comes out. It comes out like a really thin pad, like this. It's got the zigzags in it, and like these little circles. And I was like, "That's that's heating." Like, but Pontiac G6 seat. I don't a, know. Ca- a car in America that actually has options. Yeah. Not made in the backyard <laughs> the by Bob and <laughs> That's the fun fact. Yeah. Um, but that night, I would never ever forget. It was like one thirty in the morning, and I was like, "Okay, I'm glad we, I'm glad we did this," but. I probably should stop doing this. Did you hook it up and toast your buns? <laughs> that was a night though. That was a night where we did call another mate. And we're like, you've worked on all your cars on Holden's. Can you tell us how to do it? And he was like, yes. So we FaceTime each other and he just went through. Oh, it was Chris. This, that, this it was and that. Chris. And then don't break this and don't break that. And off you bang. But that's, that's got the thing. It's like when you've got, if you don't know, generally, and like I said, there's always everyone in a group. It's like a band. Everyone plays their own yep. instrument. Everyone has a strength usually in a car group. And that was how we, it was like a tribe. You used to like form your own little tribe. When you were into cars, you'd find out who could do what and who knew what about. And, and so you just recruited team yeah, members. It's, it's like, but, like, it's, <laughs> but it, makes, it makes it a better experience for everyone involved because, and not everyone has to contribute per se in terms of what they can do. But like when you've got people in the group that you know and trust, that have ability to do stuff when things go wrong. So if you're going, we used to do what's called halfway hang. So you go for a cruise to a spot, hang out there for an hour or two, and then you go cruise somewhere else, eat, cruise to another place, and then you hang out there and then you go home. And that was that was how we did it. But if something happened along the way, there's always someone in the group that has, like, oh, has a toolbox. Has a toolbox. Like so, <laughs> I, I've got a, I've got in my in, like in my van and in my car, I've got um, a rattle gun fire extinguisher and a small tool bag in my car and then in my other car and then my van I've got full toolboxes so like if something goes wrong or if someone like has a flat or something like I've got stuff to do it so it's just but it's a it's a safety thing for me as well because people on highways aren't nice so <laughs> you know, like you're not nice or people no, on no, highways no, aren't no, nice like they just people nowadays because the, and again, the mobile phone didn't do anything except make phone calls when I was a kid. 
But now, like, people be driving along watching their TikTok or TikToking themselves while they're driving. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> oh, dude, like, it's like it's it's nuts. I just, I, I, but it's from a safety perspective. Like, I always think of like because I have OCD. So I always, I always think about things where I can minimize risk for myself and whoever I'm around. So I just, that's my thing is safety first. So yep. always because like, well, we all go out. I'm like, cool. Has everyone got what they need? Has everyone checked their oil and water? Tire pressures. Yep. All right, let's go. Cool. And like, who's got what if something bucks up? So that way that everyone can be, just be safe and everyone gets home safe. That's the most important thing. Oh! Cueing the applause, <laughs> but no, um, but that's the thing that's like I, I look, that, that's how I do things. Not, and I don't suspect everyone subscribes to the same ideology that I do when it comes to doing what they do with their cars. But you asked how I do it, that's how I like to do it because I, I just like to know that all the boys and girls that we go out with just end up getting home safe. Because like when I was younger, a lot of my mates actually didn't. And like it's that's pretty confronting, so it's it, it it made it made good on the limitation of powerful sports cars to people, whatever. But I can't do it. I eh? I can't if I've got a passenger in the car, dude. I won't. I just can't do it by myself. I won't lie. I'll fucking yeah. Oh, I'll go it, ham. Nail it. 100%. But like that's <laughs> but like I, I would never endanger like I, I would never endanger, especially not my son, but. I would never endanger the life of someone else by doing something. But the thing is, no, and maybe a bit of age has done this for me, but being aware of my limitations and the limitations of the vehicle I'm driving, the two huge steps that people just tend not to, they let pride and ego get in the way of when it comes to driving a car. So you need to understand the limitations of your equipment, be it the tires or the car or whatever you've got bottled onto it and your person. That's what that that's why we wanted to get people into track nights though. That's why we do those track night events because you can fully understand in somewhat of a controlled environment without a million people around you what your car can actually do. And sometimes it can also tell you what you need to do next, which is even better when you're doing mods and all that type of stuff. But actually understanding the limitations of your car, you're like, Oh, you know what? I actually can't take that corner at ninety kilometers an hour. Like, okay, I won't do that anymore. Fucking technology, like we were saying before. Yeah. Technology nowadays. Trying to be safe. When it was, when it was, when, it was, when I was a kid, and it was real to real. You just press go. Fucking new technology. I asked Tony to buy a fucking good camera for the shit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> to be fair, that that camera is actually sick. It's taken so many good shots. Oh, dude, like the the photos that we had that night when we were down at um, Barangaroo, bro. Bro, short-term memory loss, Barangaroo. What was that? <laughs> we went down that night. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Lunar we Park. Separate, yeah, we went separate ways and we ended up meeting at Barangaroo. Yep. Those photos were mint. So I'm, I, 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 but I just, like, hanging out like we do, like just getting something to eat or just having, like, common goals in terms of what we're trying to do with regards to the car culture is they're important things that I think if we don't, and it's not like it's not some sort of crusade, but if we don't come to the rescue of it amongst the people that we know, it will die. That's what they're trying to do. Like, that's why there's the defect stations. That, like, the, trust me, you see more defect stations than you do drug raids. <laughs> oh, Who's breaking the law where? Friday nights, Saturday nights, there. Dude, but Everywhere. Like, we catch some real criminals. Like, <laughs> 100%, I agree. Oh, <laughs> your ride height is 99 mil. Busted. <laughs> All right, I, I've got a question for you. What was your favourite car 
from the moment that you started to now, like what was the bet, like your favorite car to work on or to have to drive? You regret selling it. Oh, dude, all day long, my S13. All day long, I love that car. What you do to it? Oh, uh, was it sex back style? No, it was actually it was it was like it was a bit of a it was a drift. Like it had ZG fender flares from America on it, stuff like that. So, but it was a straight body. 1989 KS, which was originally a 1.8. So previous owner was a mate of mine. Um, it had a red top SR20 and an S14 one gearbox in, in it um, from a 180SX Type X that was written off. Um, but it had like, I did a heap of bolt-on stuff to it. Um, he'd done a T28 RS swap in it. Um, I did like Tomei Rocker Stoppers, um, underdrive pulleys. Uh, HKS ignition leads, HKS twin power ignition, uh, HKS plugs, uh, HKS type R intercooler. HKS was the just kind of ruling the day. But. Uh, dude, my number plates were HKS triple six. <laughs> so I, I did dude, like, AC double hockey sticks. But, but, yeah. yeah. Um, but it was, um, and it had a G ready, G ready radiator in it. So like it was all Japanese parts. So this is the thing when I was younger and the Australian dollar got to, I think it was like a dollar and eight US. I was like, what the fuck? And I went online and I bought like, because America, people misunderstand. America, yes, it's far from Japan, but it's got a huge market. So their price on Japanese products for cars that they have available there. So SR20s are very readily available in America in very, very many cars. I bought the twin power ignition system from HKS from LA to my front door at a third of the price that it was from Japan. Oh wow! <laughs> Wait, what? And it was delivered in two fucking days. Wow! Like, and I bought. I went onto the Earl's Racing website and bought all their black braided lines. So everything, like, I replaced all the rubber lines and all the clear plastic lines in the engine bay with black braided lines. Like, it was just and like Teflon lined and everything. So it was, it was pretty straight. It was clean. So I did it because, like, um, Nob Tanaguchi, who's the HKS factory driver, who was. The CT230R. Remember the red HKS Evo 7 with the chrome Advan wheels on it? Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah, so that was him. First guy to break the Sakuba record. Oh. And, like, it's the it was the birth of the time attack. So that car is a legend. He's a legend. Mm -hmm. I built that car because I saw that he had had one. As all, as all great things. Yes. <laughs> flash forward. Flash forward. Um, 2014, I'm working at Time Attack as an official. The R35 GT15, uh, GTR1500 was here and he was driving it. And he was also driving one of the drift cars as well, which was just nuts. Um, it overheated because Australia's fucking hot all the time. Um, and it overheated in front of me the first time and then they let it cool down and pumped a bit of cool air into it and then drove it back. And then it ran again and broke the world record for a GTR lap time. And it broke down again in front of me at 5.6, which is, if you're not familiar with Eastern Creek, is between... Corner five and corner six, there's like a there's an outpost and a gantry where they have the lights over the track. So there, broke down there. Um, and I pulled him over the fence in his full like HKS Adga Advan gear, and then he handed me his helmet. And I was like, I was dude, like it was such a like, I, I was I was so I was trying so hard not to fangirl over him. You had to be but cool. You had to keep I was it cool. Like, I was like, and I had my HKS shirt on. He go, oh, you like HKS? I'm like, dude, 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 dude. I'm like, <laughs> the day before, I was wearing his shirt with that helmet on the front of it. Oh, no. I was like, 
oh, why didn't this happen yesterday? Yeah. But like he and he's like, oh, a very nice racetrack you have here. I'm like, thanks, I built it yesterday. Like, <laughs> and he didn't understand that I was being sarcastic. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and he goes, oh, so you like HKS? And like I introduced myself in Japanese, which I speak very limited Japanese nowadays, but I did it at school. So and he goes, oh, your Japanese is very good. I'm like, cool. Um, he goes, oh, do you have a car? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, no. And I showed him pictures of my 13. And he's like, oh, very nice. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I had to deep breathe because I nearly wet myself. I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And then he's like, oh, you mods? I'm like, yeah, I showed him my engine bay. He goes, oh, HKS, very good. And then I showed him the number place. He goes, oh, very good. Like HKS 666. I was like, it's just there on the hill. And he looked, he goes, oh, very good. And then he bowed at me and then got in the um, ARDC car and then went off and they towed his car. I was like, and my, lo- I, I was like, I'm never washing this hand again. Like, it just, like, but was, that's like. It's cool. moments like that. They're the experiences that have kept me in the matrix. You know what I mean? Fuck me. Is- World time attack. Jesus dude, Christ. Dude. I was a little, little school girl. Oh, like I lost my shit. Everyone. I turned my head. <laughs> but the people that you meet that because like we've all been fanboying over JDM our whole lives, you get to, and like people say, don't meet your heroes unless they're Japanese. You meet your heroes and they're Japanese, they'll bow to you. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're like, my God, why are you bowing to me? But they're like just so humble and they're the nicest and they're never too busy to say hello. Even if they're going into their car, you might have something like, I'm like, fuck's bound at me. I'm like, it's just like, it was, it's, it's a surreal experience because that's what I love most about Time Attack and loving the JDM scene is because when you get to meet those guys, they're just super talented, super professional, but they're so humble. And that's the most endearing thing about like, that's why I, 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 I like to be involved with the, the, the culture that we've got because it makes everything, it's more rewarding because you get to meet the people that you think are heroes. And when you meet them, the worst thing that you can do is meet someone and they act like they're too good for you. Mm. And that happens a lot with sports people on the whole, regardless of like, I know what you're saying. You know what I mean? But like when you meet a, a super driver who you've been following and like, they're just cool. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like, like that I'm never washing this hand again. Thing, you know what I mean? Like it's just like you feel like you've met, and uh, idolizing someone can be a slippery slope as well because you get too caught up in it. But like when you meet someone that you've thought is super cool and they just turn out to be a normal guy who's as into it as you are, that is so. It's almost rewarding. It is like, like some, that's the word I was looking for. It's rewarding because you're like, well, I haven't wasted my life. Yeah. You know, it's, if anything, it makes it more, it gives you more motivation to, you know what, this isn't a bad thing. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, there's a lot of things that you could be doing with your money and your time that are much less constructive. Yeah. Like, none of us are heavy drinkers, no one's into drugs, that sort of stuff. But there's other ways that people are just, I won't say wasting their lives because that's a bit of an insult to other people, but if that's what you enjoy, that's fine. But like what we enjoy, it I think offers a lot more reward because we get exposed to those kinds of people, those kinds of cars, that kind of festival. And yeah, people are like, oh, you're just wasting your money and your time. It's like, but yeah, the, but the reward is for me. I don't care what you think. Like, you know, it's just, I, I find it much more interesting to 
see where things are going. Like example, like the Toyota hydrogen project. That is exciting. Yeah. Because I'm like, electric can go in the bin. Because like that's there's nothing exciting about electric cars. No. I'm, I'm sorry. Ever been they, to ever been to an electric drift track before? But I, I do. Like, <laughs> I, I love. So I love the hypercarts are cool because you can drive. They they speed mitigate themselves because they're obviously direct drive. That's cool. That's fun. They're fast. But when it comes to a sports car, like my doctor's got two Teslas. I've driven both of them. Yes, they're fast. But did I enjoy it? The first time kind of freaked me out because they're fast, and my brain was like, "Do not compute." Like, because we were moving so fast and my brain's like, what the fuck's going on? Like, where's all the noise at, bro? Like, and, but it's just, it's... Gives you a whole new meaning to road noise, though, doesn't it, oh, with uh, wheels and tyres? <laughs> but I just, I don't, I don't find them interesting. As a commodity, yes, it's a good idea, but, I mean, the Australian power grid's already joked, but that's another episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, if you run Part your refi- four. If you, if you run your refrigerator and your air conditioning, you'll have no power tomorrow. <laughs> like, but you know, like the the amount of the, the amount of power consumption that is required to charge those things is just astronomical, and I don't our grid won't be able to do it. So, but that's another that's another thing altogether. Anyway, I want to know where the car went. They're sitting. So, I sold it to a guy, and it was such a struggle to sell because it was before COVID booming. Uh, I, just I, before the COVID I, I, No, dude, it was like, two, oh. like nearly 10 years ago. But, <laughs> but no, like it was no, but like before, like, it, but like a year later, I could have sold it for more than double what I sold it for. I, I should have sold it for double what I sold it for when I did, but I was in a bit of a situation, long story short, my son was born prematurely and I needed to... Sort it out. Yeah. I needed to sort it out. So I had bigger things going on, so, um, and my kid's more important than any car, so... It's just um, a car. Yeah, it's yeah. just a car. I'll get another one. And I did. I got, the, I got a much Lower bigger, <laughs> much bigger, much more powerful, angrier cousin. Um, I basically got, I got my cars, uh, my, my, I bought my S13's dad. So that's what nice. we did. That's what the 31 is. So, um, but I sold it to a guy who was looking at the car online. Um, turned out he was like a cardiologist. So, but just mad about JDM cars. Mm. I turned up to show it to him and he's like, Oh wow! I'm like, what? He goes, oh, it looks as good as it did in the photos. I'm like, what? And he was like, at the time, people were just low, like, low running everything, like asking for big bucks, and they were just shit boxes. And he turned up, and like half the stuff that was in the photos wasn't on the car, and that he turned up, mine was all there. Opened the bonnet, and he looked like I was in the driver's seat. I started it for him, and then he opened the bonnet, and then he looked. I saw him go like this with the bonnet. And he's like, it's all there. I'm like, yes. <laughs> It's supposed it does, to. It doesn't run without all of it. Like, <laughs> She'd be like, oh, sorry, I actually took the hamster wheel out. I can put it back in if you <laughs> yes, want. But Big piece of cheese. Um, <laughs> but he was, because he'd been to see three cars that week and then opened the bonnet and half the stuff that was in the photos online had been just put back to stock. He's like, so. Hard oh, to sell yeah. outside. And yeah. he's like, so, but the pictures, mm. oh, yeah, but that's sold now. He goes, but I'm not, I didn't come here to buy the car. <laughs> With a stock air intake. Well, yeah. So, like, had all the gear on it. And he was like, um, can you take me for a drive? So, I'm looking for a drive. We got, like, we did a couple of streets. And then he's like, oh, um, how fast is it? And then I showed him. He's like, can I drive it? I'm like, I buy it, don't you? He goes, yeah. I said, well, you probably should drive it first. So, he drove it. We got, <laughs> literally, we went up, turned left, turned right. And then he pulled over at the side of the road and pulled his phone out. I'm like, are you okay? He goes, I'm just finding the nearest bank. And we went straight to the bank and he gave me the money and then gave me an extra 200 bucks to get an Uber home. 
Good man. Pay for Coca Cola. Pat you on the back. But it wasn't. It wasn't a. Um, I, I, I let it go so cheaply. But again, situation. And um, that's the case of always shoulda, woulda, coulda, though, right? You can't live like that. You can't. There, there would there, in retrospect, there's things that I could have done that would have allowed me to keep the car, but were they responsible? Probably not. So I did the right thing to make sure that you know things were right at home. So I mean, but yeah, again, I've, I've, if I could have kept, if I could have kept. There's probably three of my cars over time that I, if I could have kept for any reason, I would have because now they're just the money that people want for them is just retarded. <laughs> um, but. And I kind of miss them because I had I had experiences with them, and as I as I modified and or built different cars over the years, like and like physically, I haven't done all of the work. Obviously, I've had my mates help me and that sort of stuff. But being a part of the process was a huge learning curve for me in terms of moving forward in how I've how I work, like what I do for work and things that I know will benefit my customers and that sort of stuff. So I mean, there's. But yeah, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm far from the most learned person when it comes to automotive stuff. But I, I know enough to do what I'm going to do. And if I don't know, let's learn together. <laughs> on that, on that point though, because it'd be it'd be so dumb if we had you on the show and we didn't ask you about wheels and tires. So, <laughs> <laughs> I I would just love to know. I, I don't want to shit on any brand, by the way. That's that's not what I was going to lead into it with. But I would like to know if you think that there's like an all round tire that everyone should just go towards just, I understand every car is different. Every case is different, but you're just like, that's safe. That's shit. Stay away. Don't well, do that. I mean, it's and it, a lot of it. And have, when I worked in retail, a lot of it was learning how different things react on different cars and the way that they wear and the feedback that I get from my customers and that sort of stuff to sort of educate me in a way that I know that what's going to work for you considering your style of car and your style of driving, what you expect from the tire how you're going to use the car. Like if you drive like Schumacher everywhere, then you're going to want some high performance tires, some high performance (laughs) tires, but like, you know what I mean? Like like example, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's me. That's me. So, but like, I like I'm heavily affiliated and use a lot of the Yokohama product. And because the stuff that I do, like I deal a lot with track day cars like you guys. So it's, and like, they've got data that supports seconds, not like not tenths, all seconds. I didn't believe you at first when you told me that those Yokies were going to shave like four or five seconds off our lap time yeah. until we did it yeah. with different tires. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck, <laughs> that's, that's different. And that's, and that's, but that's, I, I, I don't, I, I, I pick what I pick because I know that it works. And if I, if I don't have proof, I will never, I will never say something that I'm not, that I don't have any form of proof thereof so i won't say this is better because of this and in the back of my mind i know that's complete horseshit i because the thing is and that's another thing if, and you guys can relate because there's other people in the automotive industry and there's other people in the tire industry that's how they run their business they just tell people what they want to hear rather than the truth and like i and i it's not and it's not anyone in particular like i've i've worked in new south wales and in victoria and there's like majority of people uh, cut and dry. They tell you what's what, but some places will just. I've got these in stock. That's what you're getting. Yeah, yeah. They'll just sell uh, you the stock. Yeah, yeah, but like I, and I've had a customer say to me before, you're just saying that because you've got them in stock because obviously they've been burnt by that. Before. I'm like, 
But I have them in stock because they work. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's it's I I uh, my method when I was working in retail stores was go through the top twenty and order a set of each. Yeah. To have them in stock because they've sold the most out of everything that we've got. Obviously, it's working. Um, it's not hard, but it's the last thing I want when I do a job is problems for my customer because they become problems for me. Mm. Nobody wants comebacks. All you want is fuck yeah, get me more of that. Yeah, you don't. I, I don't. I'm not. I, and I would rather. I'd rather cop a bit of a hit in terms of selling a better product at a lower profit to guarantee that I'm within my customer's price range, but I give them the best performing option that is possibly available because they're going to be like, that was fucking amazing. Like, and I've like, you've done the test yeah. seconds. It's not tenths, bro. It's seconds. seconds. Yeah. Like legit. I can't make that up. Like it <laughs> was legit seconds legit off the time. Seconds I was off like, the time. same car, same driver, same track, same wheels. I might add too, yeah, but different, different rubber. That's all it is. So, I mean, it's, and results speak for themselves. So, I mean, I do a lot with that. Um, the Nankang CRS tire, it performs well. The AR1 performs well as well. But, like, I mean, I, I, most of the stuff that I do is, like, I do sort of performance cars and up. So, I, like, general, like, I did a lot of just general mum and dad cars when I was working in retail, but that's not my business model now because I'm sort of aiming at a different demographic. So, it's... The upper echelon. No, it's, it's, more, <laughs> it's more aimed at people that do what we do. Yeah, enthusiasts. Enthusiasts. Yeah. Like, Who I mean, care? I'm, I'm, I'm more about the enthusiast market than I am about the mum and dad market. And that's just, that's my, it's not that I won't do it. Like, I've still got friends. Like, I did my mate's mum's car the other day because I can still do it. It's just like, he's like, hey, man, my mum needs some tyres. I'm like, cool. So I still do it. Yeah. But, like, but you're not going to do I, that for everyone. I don't do it for everyone because it's, I, 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 I try and to be very good at what I do. I put all of my concentration into doing it a certain way. And because of my OCD, the same six stops get followed every single car. The only thing that changes is the hardware and the vehicle. That is it. Okay. So on on that then, because I do love certain brands of tires. I also love certain brands of wheels, but let's stick with tires just for now. Do you think people are crazy who just love a brand, right? Let's just say it's Bridgestone. And they've used Bridgestone for 20 years, but they've had like five different cars, but they won't give in to the fact that maybe a Bridgestone was not good for that particular car, but they love the brand so much that they're like, oh no, it's going to be great. But then they're fishtailing like everywhere and they can't control their car. (laughs) Having had the experience of working with all the major brands and some cheaper ones, um, every every tyre brand in the top seven brands is going to make a very, very similar product Mm. because that's how they buy for market share. So everyone's going to have a similar... So at every point, there's going to be an entry-level tyre, an eco tyre, a comfort tyre, a performance tyre, a high-performance tyre, ultra-high-performance, and then a track tyre. Yeah. Most of, like, so from Bridgestone, Continental, Michelin, Pirelli, Yokohama, Goodyear Dunlop, yep. they're all going to have one at that sort of level because they're competing for market share. So that's, unlike, that's a lot of the OE, so original equipment market is massive in Europe, which we don't really get exposed to too much here. So here, fun fact for you all, Australia, Australia represents one percent of the global wheel and tire market, so oh, that's why if 100%. you go to the if you go to the shops, even with the amount of power cruisers that we have, we rep one. <laughs> I know, shocking. Um, but that's they're, they're just facts because of the size of our market. 
we don't get everything. So some of the new yeah. BMWs and some of the new Volvos and some of the new, like some of the high-end cars, they come to Australia and it's up to 12 or 18 months before the tyre that's on the car is even here. And some people refuse to believe that. I'm like, you've bought a car that there is less than 100 of in the country at the moment. Where do you think the tyres are coming from? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, and, but like it's, and again, it comes down to understanding... Facts, but some people just some people just don't want to hear it because it's not. And the issue with the world and the internet and everything is, everything's become so instantaneously available that people think that a shop front is going to be exactly the same. I'm like, and that's why I kind of I got out of doing face to face retail in a in a shop front because it just it became a bit much for me because I'm 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 a really people person and people stop being people people yeah and i just i don't it's cutthroat for the wrong reasons they're like they're like saying oh so what's best for my what's best for my car and then you tell them and then they go back oh no but i don't want that one and you're like then why did you ask (laughs) Uh, no i will put it this way because a lot of people they're they're predetermined the answer that they want because they've done their research yeah they know what they want before they get there. But if you don't agree with it, you're wrong. I'm like, that, but that doesn't make any sense. Oh, but, <laughs> but my friend told me, I'm like. Oh, your friend who's never worked in tyres or wheels in their entire life. <laughs> That's the saying we love the most. My friend told me that forum said this. What uniform are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, like it's, it's just, it, that becomes, and I understand, but the, the internet, as you guys would understand because you're both in the automotive business as well, it's a dangerous place for people being misinformed as well. Mm. And that is the worst part about automotive um, forum talk. Yeah. A lot of that stuff is misinformed because... A Keyboard lot of, warriors. No, it's not, just, not just that. A lot of the automotive companies and even some of the tyre companies are giving product to these people like for free mm. to review it. Yeah. And then it's the best thing in the world because they got it for free. That's... That's not fair to the marketplace. Yeah. Because it then it misinforms people. It's like, I'm like, well, okay. Have you ever used this one? No. So if you have no basis for comparison, you neither do you have any example, nor do you have evidence to support that what you're saying is the best is the best because that's how things are done. Yeah. Actual testing, which we've done. Yeah. Seconds. Yeah. That's that's the thing that I, and I will, I've been to tire launches and test days and track days and time attacks. And like when they, they took the, the rule off so that other brands could compete and Yokohama still smashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, but I ain't broke. You know, but like that's, that's, and like. Can I ask with like test days or demo days, whatever. So let's just say like the new, I don't, I don't, I don't actually know this well enough, but the, the Pirelli Dragon Sport is not a tire anymore, right? That's retired. It's been, it's been replaced by the Pirelli Power G. Okay. So on that note, then I don't know how it works, but when a new tire is essentially coming into play, there's the demo day, right? Or the track or the test day. And everyone goes to the test day and they grab drivers and go, what do you think of it? Here's a little course that you can do. Is there ever been something similar to like what just happened with Subaru very recently when they just revealed that new car and everyone <laughs> booed it and they were like, this sucks. <laughs> no, I, I, I have seen 
not so much that. I've seen things, and uh, I have to word this carefully. <laughs> Um, it's not so much with the product. You I can mean, call like, any tire brand or whatever it is by Bill, Bob, <laughs> <laughs> Sugar. Um, no, um, but it's it's like I mean, there's I've picked the ones that I wanted to go to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So some of my, like, eh, do I have an interest in it? No, but like some of the ones that I've been to are really good. Like so, we had a there was a there's a couple that we've done, and like my dad's done overseas and that sort of stuff, like really cool stuff, mm. and. I mean, there's been some like I did. I did the uh, so there's uh, we, there's no winter in Australia per se. Yeah. So when when it's summer in the northern hemisphere and it's winter down here, winter tire testing is conducted in New Zealand mm. on the mountain. Yeah, Middle Earth. I've done that. Nice. It's cool. I bet. Like, bro. Like not just but, cold. Like no, it's, no, it's, it's like yeah. minus thirty five. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like, but I got to do that, and that was that was to understand how the how the fuck do they do that? So they they'll have so do they warm up before they do any? So so what they do is like so the compounding structure of a, a winter tire is vastly different. So the way that a tire is constructed is different. They use different what they call polymer chains, which are the the, the reactive polymers that are inside the tire, which mm. when they're heated or cooled at different rates, it man- maneuvers what you know as the rubber around. And then heats them up and makes them work in different fashions. So tires that are made for snow are obviously only good sub ten degrees Celsius. Mm-hmm. But the difference between that and a standard tire, we actually did the test. So we had a Golf GTI and an Audi Audi A3 turbo. When are we talking? Like Mark Five? No, no, uh, Mark Four. Okay. It's two thousand and three, so okay. it was early, but same same platform. Um. One was on summer tires, one was on winter. And dude, it was like two different cars. Really? Like, like, and they had the same platform. Okay. It's the same car with a different shell. So largely in Australia, we're the same just all well, no, around? So, so, you get, so with, Australia's a summer country when it comes to tires. So we don't get winter tires. With the, with, there's a limited number. So when I lived in Victoria, there is there is some winter tire business down there because mm. obviously there is the mountains and people a lot of people do go to the snow and you do require that kind of tire. Mm. Or change, which on a modern car is not very easily attainable. They started making Kevlar socks and stuff like that, but it's an expensive exercise, and it's not always effective. So, there were when I when I was working when I was working in Victoria, we had a, one of the shops. We had a separate mezzanine which just kept all the winter tires on it, which was for like Porsche Cayennes and Range Rovers and stuff like that. So people who go to the snow. yeah, um, but I thought it was just a bunch of people putting chains around their tires, just no. go, and then going for it. Like. I, I mean, there's still a bit of that, but I mean, the, the, most of the modern tires are. Mud and snow rated, but there's a difference between a winter tire and that. So. Yeah, okay. But like I said, I'm not. I I I use what's right for each car. No, and Yokohama is my favorite choice. But again, that's for my enthusiast market people. A lot of the stuff that's a lot of the stuff that's made as a original equipment option for a lot of the European cars. Yeah, is generally it's there's a billions of dollars of testing in it. They generally get it right. So, I like to think so. Yeah. So, but again, like some some things, it, it depends on what you're looking for because there's there's blends between comfort and performance. Some of the high end European stuff has both of those things, but if you're looking for lap times, that's the difference. Yeah, so, that's certainly the difference I'm looking for yeah. at the moment these days. I you t- t- actually tell you what before we before we move on. Here's a test: what tire 
would you recommend that the best possible one that he could get right now for his current wheel spec, even though I wish he would change his no, wheels? I did just talk to Penny before the podcast. Here we go. I have a company track 33. Just got a set of 18s. Pure track. What would you suggest? Oh, and track then, only as Sydney Motorsport Park. Okay, so Advent A052, which is the one above the 8009. So that's a that's a road legal semi slick, which is basically just a groove slick, but they have a 200 true wear rating, so they'll actually last. Mm-hmm. You get a few track days out of them. How like horsepower pending, obviously. But that's the tire that's used in the club sprint class at time attack. So it's a serious tire. So I've uh, I've had those tires do over three seconds faster than the Cup Two Michelin on the mm. same car, that's same what day. So I mean, that's <laughs> so what do I'm it. He's like that's that, but that's a, that's a that's a, a motorsport developed tire which can be used on the road. But I mean, like I said, you want to be fast. We can do it. Can I be straight up? I just wanted to verbally uh, pressure him into actually just doing it. I just wanted it. He <laughs> <laughs> wanted me to be brand-aligned. <laughs> it will, man. It will your allegiance to the flag of your barber. <laughs> um, but no, no, like I said, like I've, I've made I've made my choice, but over the years I've had some good stuff. Like I had some Falcon semi-slicks before the Yokohama stuff was really available in Australia. I thought I thought they were great, but it's why mm-hmm. I have my 13. So, yeah. I mean, but like it's horses for courses. Not everything works for every car. Yeah. There's something for everyone, but I mean, like I've had I've had some really good results with the Yokohama like mud tires. They go really well. A few of the boys are running around on them, so um, they rave about them. So, um, but yeah, like I said, like I'll sell anyone whatever they want. But if you want my advice, and I listen to what I qualify every customer by asking them, "What do you want from the tire? What do you want to spend? And how do you want them to work?" Because they're the things that are going to give me... So, okay, well, maybe the Michelin Pilot Sport 4 is better for you. If you want comfort and a bit of grip and a bit of performance, but you don't, you're a bit more concerned about the tyre lasting longer, you want to use that. But, I mean, if people are just like, grip, no compromise. <laughs> that time, no compromise. I'm here to go 100 kilometres <laughs> maximum. But, but <laughs> also, here's the new thing. The new... So the, the Yaris... Oh, no, not the Corolla GR. Mm-hmm comes factory fitted with a brand new Yokohama, which is halfway between a semi-slick and an ultra-hyper. What? It's called an Apex 601. It is being released On a GR week. Corolla. Can GR I, Corolla comes on it from factory. Can I say, <laughs> the latest shit that's coming out in GR and Toyota is actually insane. Dude. Even the Yaris's are fucking off their tits. They, they are off their nuts. tits. <laughs> Absolutely nuts. So, um, who was I talking to yesterday? One of the boys is like, no, I just bought a GR Yaris because it, it's, it's faster and more fun. What are you... Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 one of the boys from Go Garage. He's like, no, no, no. He goes, I sold my GDR because I got good money for it and I just put a GIRS because it's more fun. It's nuts. Like, <laughs> it's, I want to drive one. They're thrashing the rallies. They're thrashing the track. They're on the street. They're, they're fucking sick. I, I want or wanted very badly to buy a GR Corolla. But when they were... When, and this is the thing I don't like about automotive now is people pre-purchase them mm. and then they sell them Resell for a profit. For I'm like, that yeah. is not cool. Fucking but, Land Cruisers. But profiteering, <laughs> profiteering from people because they're prepared to pay anything. It's like they, I think they've done that with the new 911. They've actually, it's only offered to X amount of people and you have to have, you can only, you pay up front for the car and for the first year, all you're doing is leasing it from Porsche. So you cannot sell it for 18 months, I think, or you will have the car removed from you. Wow. Yes. I'm like, yes, Porsche. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bring back the Iron Fist. <laughs> like, iron Fist ruler. But like, it's just, I, I, I don't, 
I've, I've never liked it where people have, like, just have a crack because other people want something. It's I don't believe in, like, basically being a rip-off merchant. I don't like that. Like, that's that... I've got too much conscience for that. Mm. Okay. It's not helping anyone else. I'll give the big question. Pick your top three cars with rules and tyres. And why? What? Pick what? Your top three cars. If, if you had any money in the world... Let's make it easier. One muscle, one JD and one Euro. One muscle? If I had a muscle option, I would... I've got a huge soft spot for like the 2013 GT500. But it would have to have coilovers because the factory suspension is garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and like, but no, like big brakes and uh, a set of like American racing billet wheels and just like the like a sick set of like Nido drag tires. I, I would just, yeah, mm. That would be sick. Mm. Like, because like I had a mate who had one and it was just such a joy to drive. We did the suspension in it. I put a new set of tires on it. Drove it and like it was just cranky as like 700 turnkey horsepower from factory. Mm. It's just <laughs> so good. Loved it. Um, Can I get that sound? You know, what? I'm going to use that clip and I'm going to put it <laughs> into the podcast recorder. It just, it screamed. That's like, it was this, it was like such a, like I've been in a lot of older muscle cars, but like, and yes, at the end of the day, it's an American car put together in Mexico. But I mean, I, I just, I thought that because it was just, it, the new ones, I like the body line of, but I just think they look too modern. Whereas the 13 for me was like a blend between sort of like Tron and like a 68 fastback. That was the perfect, because it had the right lines that sort of lined up with what I like in my, because I'm very visually driven by that. But it was sort of the perfect blend between like futuristic and old school. And just the blower sound was just, it was mint. So, um, Euro. Uh, Euro easy choice E190 Cosworth okay yeah 190E sorry 190E Cosworth why like, oh because they're just angry like my dad's mate had one when I was a kid and I just loved the thing okay. just, <laughs> but like they're just like if you watch the old like the old DTM touring car series stuff with them and the E30 M3s just at each other it is some of the best racing you'll ever see yeah and they just scream like they just like yeah. So I just I'm so driven by sound and looks, and it's just they're aggressive because it had a factory wide body on it, like just. Oh. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot. Um, but like the the wide body that was on them and that sort of stuff, it just I just it freaked me out, like back then, and I still think that I've actually my dad's still got a jacket, an AMG jacket. It's got suede sleeves, it's got a velour body, and inside the lining is silk, and it's got a 190E. Stitched into it. Oh, that's dope. Ooh. That might and that was bro. That was my dad's eighties jacket, and it's yeah. still it's still in his like in our. I think it's in the wardrobe. It's in yeah, a vacuum sealed bag, bro. Like the, <laughs> I, that that was my favorite jacket of his when I was a kid. I was like, that's the sickest jacket in the world. <laughs> but it was just it was mad. Like it's yeah. Um and JDM. Mm. A lot of uh, there's a lot riding on this. <laughs> is it the thirty one? I mean, the thirty one. The thirty one is right up there. Like, because it's the only one of its kind. So um, that is definitely goals in terms of, like, I've achieved that goal already. But if I, if, I, if I could pick anything and money was no object, I would really love to have one of the HKS32 GDRs. Like, they had this, this, someone sold the 0R, like, last year. I was like, oh, my God, where's all my money? Like, 
<laughs> I really, I just, and it, and it went for a cheap price and I was like, I just, I'm like, how did I not do that? Oh. Um, but it's between, it's between a HKS32 GTR and an LFA. Really? LFAs are just pinnacle because of the sound they make. Not unlike this. This is a typhoon coming uh, no, Yeah, what the fuck? But I, the LFA is just, because it runs a Toyota Formula 1 engine, it just, they sound. The pitch. Oh. Like, dude, when Yamaha do your acoustics, it is, <laughs> like, you know, the Yamaha logo is tu- the tuning forks. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. an acoustics company. They just happen to make some fucking sick engines. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a side bitch. <laughs> we just became the best motorbike manufacturer. Huzzah. <laughs> but, uh, just, but I think that it's, yeah, that's, it's, a hard, it's a hard call, that one. But JDM is, I, if I could, if I had, if I won Powerball, I would literally just, I would set myself aside a car budget and just litter it with Fords and Nissans. Oh man, that's that's the dream. Yeah. Just fill the car garage. <laughs> and when Fords that's full, you buy another garage. And you buy another garage. <laughs> um, and then right. it's all of a sudden, it is like Japan. All of a sudden we have a turning wheel and cars go in and out of the floor. Speaking like... of Japan and overnight parts. Um, okay. This is a little something that I would I've like been wondering to, what this is. like to contribute to the uh, studio as I'm the global guest. Um, this is overnight parts from Japan. So this is out of a container from Yokohama's latest shipment. So I got a gift. Uh, this is an Advan tapestry. Holy shit. Of which there are only a few in Australia. So it's got two ends on it. It unrolls like a Japanese scroll and it is 100% made in Japan. So Holy dooly. Uh, there's a sick. few other bits and pieces down there that I've chucked into the mix. There's a couple Advan tyre. Like so shiny. It's like it should be on a car. Yeah, we should just <laughs> put it up in the start. Yeah, you do what you want. Um, but yeah, so that's a little something something. Thanks for having me on and I uh, appreciate Hopefully I've been interesting, but yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of shop talk really, but um, yeah, I just, I just enjoy being a part of the group and fucking contributing and that's it, you know? Um, well, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. It sounds like, I think there's probably going to be part two, part three, part four. This is one of many to come. Oh, I hope so. And, no, nec- and, and next time? Next time we'll deal with that wind, yeah? Well, Tony, talk to your people about that one. To be honest, I wouldn't mind getting you back on in the summertime again because we are planning on doing some outside shows when it's not like this outside where it sounds ridiculous. But I thought it'd be really cool to have uh, like guest cars in the background sometimes. So having that and then yes. getting a shot of you in a bikini on your car oh. and then we put the, the photo... Everyone's photos will be up here. So everyone's in a bikini. I'll be in the corner like, yeah, look at my sexy board there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. But like, you know, it's just, I I just, I'm so glad that we did this because, I mean, I know we're not trying to save the world here, but if we can sort of just, like cars, when I was growing up, was sort of my retreat, sort of safe place thing because, you know, Cars was my thing, so I I just sort of engrossed myself in that, and I made a living out of it. So and now we're here. And now we're here, and I've got yeah. some nice friends. Oh, well, I'm back I, at six a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back on the six a.m. show. No, man, I, I I really do appreciate you coming on here, and I absolutely like what like what we're doing now, and having you a part of this now, and what this could be in like three or five or 10 years time. I don't know, this might not work. But at the same time, I really hope it does because I just feel like the 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 feeling of like community, working on cars and just keeping something alive that I feel like is dying 
um, because it's just been treated so poorly or whatever it might be. Like I just, I want to change that. And I feel like you just got to start somewhere. Mm. So yeah, we're not going to change the world, but I'll, tr- I'll fucking give it my all in yep. Australia. So. Exactly. so, but yeah, it's, uh, oh, I'm glad to be a part of it. So um, hopefully we can do some stuff and make some people happy. Nice. It's 100%. good just to hang out and, you know, have a beer and a burger. So Bring back the old days. Bring back the old castle. <sighs> if people want to uh, go find you, though, where can they find you? So um, my Insta for my business is at Contact Fat Solutions and is also at Ginza Garage Imports, which is on the back of my shirt. One second. I'll is the camera on I'll or is it dead? Off. Is camera on? The camera's all on. Oh, okay. 2%? <laughs> Five. So, okay. Ginza Garage. So at Ginza Garage Imports. On uh, on Insta, so uh, that's on there. Has anyone ever told you you could be a ring girl? <laughs> Give me numbers. <laughs> Give me numbers. Um, but no, it's not. So we, so at Ginza Garage with a Australian agent for ASM Yokohama, which is uh, it's a Recaro Japan Limited series of stuff. So we're and we're big in with the Honda parts as well. We're Mugen, New South Wales. Uh, we also have on our website uh, at ginzagarage.com.au. We also have uh, enter your part number, so we can source your stuff from Japan if you want it, or cars. So, still launching new business, but um, exciting times to come, hopefully. Like you could also source me a new roof. Yeah, <laughs> like the one we're having. Maybe about we to go. get you some sound deadening. Very good. I'm really hoping that when we leave this this room and we walk outside, it's not actually as violent as we're as we're hearing it right now. But it actually sounds really fucking dangerous outside. But if you guys, so I feel like I'm in 1997's Twister movie. <laughs> Oh. Um, Sounds like Angus's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, for everyone who is enjoying this podcast, please just follow, like, subscribe. I promise we're gonna do. We're gonna try and get these out probably once a week. Um, if you want to follow, uh, dude, where's my car? You can find it on any streaming platform. If you want to follow Car Culture Australia. Type in Car Culture Australia on any social media platform and you're going to find it, except for Instagram, which I think is car.culture.australia, which is the only thing that we couldn't get our hands on. Dot. If you're interested in merch or you want to get some Car Culture Australia shirts or whatever it might be, just head onto the website. It is carcultureaustralia.com. Fuck me. That is... It's you everywhere. That a lot. If you search up Car Culture Australia, <laughs> you'll see it everywhere. We will also have Benny's, all his social media, website, everywhere in the descriptions below. So make sure you go follow and support Ben himself, all his businesses. Other than that. Thanks, guys. Thank you.